You're listening to Tori Says. For the next hour, I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome everyone to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Today is March 1st, the beginning of March, a few days away from my birthday, actually, too. Um, And everyone always looks to March and thinks spring, thinks going in like a lion and out like a lamb. March is going to be real interesting. Things are getting heated up globally, but domestically, wow. Our president came back from his Hanoi summit to which he walked out like a boss because the deal wasn't what he wanted. And that is exactly what leaders do. It's a take it or leave it situation. And I am so proud of the progress he's made. I mean, the fact that it's not the first, but the second time he's meeting with Kim Jong-un is incredible, right? I mean, before him, no one has. Not even a phone call. So, winning. Today, there's a lot of topics we're going to talk about. Uh, I'm going to have Sarah Reynolds on during the second half where I'll have phone lines open too if you guys want to ask her a question or comment. Remember, you can follow her on Twitter at Sarah Reynolds, Sarah underscore Reynolds, and that's S-A-R-A-H underscore Reynolds, R-E-Y-N-O-L-D-S. She is a great conservative, a lovely voice. She does a periscope a day until our president is reelected 2020. We're going to have so much fun talking in the second half. And remember, I'm always here Monday through Friday, 12 to 2 Eastern time. You'll find me on Twitter and Gab, Tori underscore says. Or, you know, if you want to see the latest investigative pieces, not just put out by me, but other journalists that need a voice, that should have the voice, that should have this platform, please take a look at torysays.com. Now, where do we start? Can we just start first by um, taking a look at our president's tweets? Because I've said it many, many times before. We cannot trust the mainstream media, and you shouldn't even trust me or anyone else. Objective truths. But one thing we can say is that, is that our president is completely transparent. He tells you exactly what's on his mind, what he's working on, and he hints it to you of what's to come. I was actually really excited to see that on his way back, he stopped off at Alaska at the one of three nuke bases we have with bombers, um... And greeted the troops. Uh, You know, that is great. I mean, the military loves our president. Why not? He has done so much for them from boosting our military to giving them the money they need and ensured that there is a drive to hire the right people and recruit the right people because our military today is better than what it was yesterday and a year before and during a The regime, I would like to call it the regime of Barack Hussein Obama. 
everything just went so soft and mellow. Uh, lots of social grievances brought into our military. Uh, you know, a lot of people that kind of don't like to take direction and just maybe do it. It happens on all levels. Ask officers that have put in, you know, 15, 20 years, and they'll tell you how the face of the military has changed. And so I am so glad that he's doing that. He's doing amazing things for our veterans. He's cleaned up the VA and still cleaning it. Uh, it's pretty incredible. So that was, that was awesome. And then those beautiful pictures of flying over Alaska, you know, when I flew over Alaska, we didn't have cameras on phones. Um, and no one ever, I don't even think we had digital. I used to have those disposable cameras with me all the time. So even if I tried, I wouldn't get pictures like that. So that was great. So anyway, this morning he woke up maybe because I think that he just takes power naps throughout the day. He's always working, a president that is always working. His first tweet was, great to be back from Vietnam, an amazing place. We had very substantive negotiations with Kim Jong-un. We know what they want, and they know what we must have. Relationship very good. Let's see what happens. So what does that tweet tell us? That tells us exactly what most of us understood happened. There was transparent talk. He understood the hindrances or the questions and the, I would say, safeguards that North Korea wants from our president. Yes? But now they also know that we're not budging and this is what we need to have. And for anyone out there thinking that this was just a document saying, um, dear Kim, Kim, like the document says, Kim says that he's going to give us all his nukes. And then, um, and I, I, you know, president Donald Trump asked for it. And then our president signs in, he signed. No, that's not the way it works. It's a whole economic pact. You don't go in there and sign a deal. Just give me your nukes. It's like, what do I get for complete disarmament? And we already know what nukes or weapons he has, because let's not forget our previous administrations have been funding all of these people, sending money, cash on planes, making sure deals for them to buy arms from people like Russia or Iran happen. Because most of the stuff North Korea has, who'd they get from? Iran. Want to make a bet that some of that cash that was destined to Iran was funneled through to North Korea? I mean, Obama knew they were losing. You think he didn't pay them off to start pretending to shoot missiles? To flex their muscle and do parades? Come on, guys. We're not dumb. We've woken up. We can see through the noise, right? This is the noise that they've been creating. So now we have North Korea being completely transparent. The, em the energy that I saw and the chemistry between our president and Kim was great. And, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure that Kim, if I was Kim... You know, and I come from a family that's so embedded in the culture of the people. And I would get to be remembered as the leader, the supreme leader of North Korea that brought them into the global stage of trade and economy. I want that to be my legacy. And I think he wants that too. But, you know, China, South Korea, Taiwan, Japan, they're not very comfortable with that. Because if North Korea comes into the mix... You know, the Far East Bloc has to share their trade with them. They have to share their, um, I would say, cheap labor market. They would have to share a lot of things and they don't want it 
And they're reminding North Korea, hey, when no one was playing with you, we were here. We were making sure your people had some food, even though they would tell us no. We were here. We helped get weapons to you. We were here. We helped with this. So the pressure is on and the transparency is there. So I'm pretty sure we're going to see some new tariffs or economic sanctions being pushed toward China in the next coming weeks, which will uh, validate um, this claim. Now, the next tweet back to back that our president tweeted out was, wow, just revealed that Michael Cohen wrote a love letter to Trump manuscript for a new book that he was pushing, written and submitted long after Charlottesville and Helsinki. His phony reasons for going rogue. Book is the exact opposite of his fake testimony, which is a lie. So all of us knew that Cohen was lying. All of us knew that he was coached. All of us knew he was told by the Democrats, do you want to survive prison? Do you want a penthouse? We will throw you in the pit. We will do this if you don't say this. And he said anything they wanted. Because he knows just how much you want your kids to be okay. You want your wife to be, you think these people don't do, they are thugs. They will come after anyone. You know, these are the people that are making money off of pain and suffering. That's why they're so adamant about this border. I don't believe that they're directly involved in drug smuggling or gang, you know, with MS 13 or child and human trafficking. But I'm pretty sure they're taking a little piece off the top. These politicians are mobsters. They are a gang. They are the mafia, the swamp. And they've got the fourth unelected branch of government that supports, perpetuates, and props them up. So this is all coming to an end, right? It's been coming to a very slow and brutal end for them. So things are picking up. You know, the attacks, the maiming, the uh, silencing, the censorship. We'll get into that too. So the next tweet back to back, right? Again, within the same hour from our president was, Congress must demand the transcript of Michael Cohen's new book given to publishers a short time ago. Your heads will spin when you see the lies, misrepresentations, and contradictions against his Thursday testimony. Like a different person, totally discredited. We already knew this, though. This pony show, we already knew this. And unfortunately, you know, I mean, he was even asked. I mean, you spoke with Adam Schiff. Yeah, we talked about what content we were going to be discussing. Oh, so they coached you, basically. They gave you questions and answers. They told you how to respond to things. Yet there's written, there's a book, a manuscript, where you're talking about stuff that's completely different. I mean, I'm not even in Washington, and I knew that Michael Cohen was angry that he didn't get a spot in the White House. I mean, so many of us heard about that from our sources, right? I heard about it. He was upset. He was like, I gave you 10 years. Yeah, but you also had the Podestas as your client. Sorry, man. So further, and you know what? And the president could have got rid of him immediately because he had sketchy clients, but he didn't because he's not that type of person. I have friends that have sketchy friends. I have friends that are sketchy, period. But I like them. 
for who they are. And I show them outmost loyalty because everyone's at a hundred percent when you meet them, it's their job to keep themselves there. So, you know, maybe president Trump didn't see Michael Cohen dropping in his eyes. He felt the same way about him. The the way he met him 10 years ago, who knows? Bottom line is it was Cohen who started flipping and saying things and manufacturing things to save his skin. But you never win when you make a deal with the devil. And I've said it before. There's so many times in my lifetime and it may come in the future too where someone will say, you need to admit to this or you need to sign this or you need to do this or you need to say that this is your position. Or I've had people, publishers, you know, of, you know, prominent outlets that say, you will say this. Guys, I would rather burn up in flames than go against anything, anything that I do not stand for and do not believe in. And especially to a friend or someone I've worked with for 10 years. I would never, ever, ever, and I'm a mother, do that ever. I'm just saying, you know, so one can say he's got family. I've got family too, but I would burn in flames denying, not complying, and standing my ground rather than do what Cohen did. Now let's go to the next one. And this one is going to be the conversation piece for us, which is super awesome. He says, oh, I see. Now that the two-year Russia collusion case has fallen apart, there was no collusion except by Crooked Hillary. And the by is spelled as bye-bye. Crooked Hillary and the Democrats, they say, gee, I have an idea. Let's look at Trump's finances and every deal he has ever done. Let's follow discredited Michael Cohen, who also had the Podesta brothers as clients. And he didn't say that I am and the fraudulent and dishonest statements he made on Wednesday. No way. It's time to stop this corrupt and illegally brought witch hunt. Times to start looking at the other side where real crimes were committed. Republicans have been abused long enough. Must end now. So, like I said, if we actually listen or read what our president says, we would know exactly what's going on, what's coming. Because here's the thing. He never tells you what he's going to do when he starts talking of, I'm going to do this. You know, it's already done kind of like the North Korea deal. He had already put it down there and he said, that's it. But you know what? We got China stomping their feet and you know, Kim kind of thought last minute, Hey, you know, you're here. I'm here. Let's talk about this. Maybe we can like, uh, flexible and it didn't work out. He's like, Nope, that was the deal. You wasted my time. I'm leaving. We're cutting this meeting short. That's the way a boss works. So remember, If he's telling us by Hillary Clinton, I don't know, maybe she's sick. Maybe her court will be publicized. Maybe, 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 maybe. But he said bye. And, you know, no matter how many times people want to say misspelling, you know, accidental keys. Do you guys remember that whole cafe incident? What did he say? Oh, yeah, that was like, you know, it was nothing. Well, CAFEFE stands for an actual bill that, 
you know, the Democrats had introduced to what? Monitor our president's cyber communications on all fronts, making them part of the presidential record. So if he's like on Reddit or, you know, a Chan board or, you know, any forum, like a medical forum, you know, where people just talk or, you know, let's talk about our guns um, forum or like a Beachbody forum. I don't know. Maybe maybe it works out with Beachbody. I don't know. I'm just saying they wanted to make that presidential record. So Kafefe is a real thing. It's called the Kafefe Act. Before it was even introduced 15 days earlier, he, you know, that word was tweeted out and everyone laughed and he played it off like, oh, no big deal. And that's probably why it was killed because they realized he knew already. So what does his tweet tell us? Woo, it's going to get hot in here. You know, what did I hear? Was it Schumer that said, ooh, March is coming in like a lion, but, you know, He's going to go out like a lamb because he's getting impeached or whatever or something like that. What were they saying? Well, it seems like the only lambs like we Greeks have for Easter, they get slaughtered for Easter. We slaughter a lamb and then we roast it on a spit. Guys, if you have Greek neighborhoods around you, you know that smell from the backyard that goes on during our Easter. We're always delayed because we like cheap candy too. Um, No, that's not why. We actually... um, celebrate Easter as Christians uh, along the lines with Passover. And because Passover is a moving date for the Jews, uh, we celebrate it, you know, just like it was back in the day. Just This is just like a fun fact to the bit. We celebrate it with them, you know, because it has, you know, to reenact, it was Passover and then Easter, right? And the crucifixion and stuff. So, you know, that's why we're always late. Our 40-day Lent starts on Monday. So 40 days later, we will have Easter and we will be slaughtering a lamb um, and um, roasting it. So in that sense, for me, when he said that, I was like, man, your lamb is going to be roasted. They're the ones that are going to be roasted because it's coming in hot. It is coming in hot. We still have the Mueller report pending. Do you know what that means? We have our general that's supposed to be up for sentencing. I think that's going to be pushed back because – If the Mueller report is pending and it's under scrutiny right now and we're seeing a lot of people getting arrested for providing information that's on that report, right? You know, that gets pushed back. Then the Mueller report comes out. Then the OIG and we got Huber sitting in the background. It is going to be glorious. I can foresee some really good stuff coming out. And the fact that my president said, you know, bye, Hillary. Would he do it? The perp walk? I don't know, right? I don't think so, though. Because that's not how classy people work. You know, court of law, maybe? Because you know the people want retribution. People want to see people get held accountable. I mean, Debbie Washerman Soltz. Hey, girl. There's a lot going on there. So what do you think, guys? We're looking at the other side now. I think it's going to be really interesting. I mean, we already know what the other side has done. DNC slash HRC Clinton Foundation body count is rising. RICO charges, bezeling, treason, $145 billion in total from where? Russia selling our uranium 
slotting people into the Department of Energy and Treasury to cover up your tracks. A corrupt DOJ and FBI and intelligence community that is so fractioned right now. It is in pieces. Nobody knows who to trust. You know, when you're an intelligence asset or you work within an intelligence agency, you're already looking over your shoulder. But to have to look over your shoulder to the guy in the office next to you, the guy in the cubicle behind you, that's a big deal because that's what's going on right now in the intelligence community. We got Gina Haspel sitting there. She's like Macbeth. If she puts her hands up, it's Macbeth. And she's standing there leading it And she knows that if she tries to cover up anything, she doesn't even know who to trust. Pompeo's already been in there, so he knows what's up, what's there, and he can see from like 20 miles away if a paper clip is out of place. They're all stuck between a rock and a hard place, and there is distrust among them because they're still holdovers from the deep state. And that's interesting because I've said this again. It's not about being found out that you're an intelligence asset or a spy by the enemy. It's if they find out your method, how you conceal, how you operate, and how you communicate. And these clowns thought that they were so smart, yet they weren't. I mean, we saw Derek from Bloomberg kind of being like, what happened here? Who got these pictures from my phone when I snuck in and took them? Oh, they're not Derek's pictures. Really? His reflection was in, the, in one of them. See, what people fail to understand is, and it's and 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 it's a very curious case is that you know everything i talk about on the phone can be heard okay when i bs when i overstate um you know when i'm talking to my kids when i'm sorting out bills you know when i'm talking to my mother whatever the school everybody can hear it but it's part of me and that's a me 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 and i own it whatever you talk about it's on the phone People can hear it. People can see it, right? They can even turn on your camera and look at you. This is why I always have stickers on my cameras. So do you think that when Peter Strzok and Lisa Page, Gina Haspel, and all these other clowns that have devices to communicate with each other by text or phone, do you not think that we can listen and see them too? I mean, it'll be pretty dumb if you don't think that. I mean, usually most of the communications I do that are actually important are done through burner phones. And there's like a picture going around. Remember that picture with Soros's son and Schumer? And Schumer had his burner phone like right there on the table. Why would Chuck Schumer not have the latest technologies with the big fat salary he has? And, you know, look at his financials that he, that he puts down. He's rich. He's super rich. And he's going to get a $20 flip phone. You see what I'm saying? So even though they try to maneuver away from being followed, seen, or what they're doing, eyes are everywhere. If you can see us, we can see you. And by Hillary, I don't know. Like, can we see her take a perp walk or is she going to get sick suddenly? You know, kind of like McCain. McCain suddenly got cancer and then, you know, But he still went to Hanoi while he was sick, right? That was his last place that he went to. Am I not wrong? It'll be interesting to see what we gathered in Hanoi while we were there. But um, those are questions that I have because when I see the vicious attacks that are coming out right now from the left, 
the insane positions that they're holding, you know, like on infanticide and transgenders. And like, this is just crazy stuff. Like, you know, you can't even make it up. It tells me that they are, it's as if they're chemotherapy drugs. Like, that's what they are. It's like they're wearing a blindfold and they got an AK-47 loaded and they're just shooting bullets. Hoping that one takes something down. This is exactly how it feels. It feels because that's what chemo is. Chemo is like it's attacking every single cell in your body, hoping that it will attack your cancer. Make no mistake, that's what it is. It's like blindfold, Uzis going and hoping that it hits. I mean, usually when you're when you're using a machine gun and you're just like, you know, waving it back and forth, you'll get a target, right? This is exactly what the left is doing, but let's not forget, also Republicans. So what we need to do is pay attention to the so-called Republicans that'll talk about this bill going through that the House wants, you know, national emergency. We're watching. If any of them think that they're going to stay where they are, if they go against what we want, because I've heard a few coming out, well, he already got money like this, or he already got money like that. You vote against what our president did, you're out. And remember, I talked about this veto override. You're going to see it's the same seven clowns. Pay attention. I'll see you all shortly right after this break. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr. and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our legal defense fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you and God bless America. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855-700-2978-855-700-2978-855-700-2978. That's 855-700-2978. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. 
Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My Pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable My Pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My Pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My Pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My Pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My Pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go anywhere pillows that's four pillows for the price of one to take advantage of this special offer call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code red state that's 1-800-961-9194 promo code red state put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow the most comfortable pillow you will ever own for the best night's sleep in the whole wide world visit mypillow.com Welcome back, guys, to the second half of the first half of the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori, again. Remember, you can uh, find my latest deep dive investigative and some just like skimming pieces for thought, always riddled with Easter eggs on ToriSays.com. And I have some great people that write for me, um, Haley Kennington. I also had an article go up yesterday by a lady named uh, Cindy uh, Gomez-Shemp. I will have a whole segment with her. Um, it is pretty huge. We're talking child trafficking. We're talking falsifying marriages to come across the border. Um, you can find her on KPPPFM. I had her a couple weeks ago on my show. I'm kind of organizing it to have a lot of people talk. And there's some talk about Paloma. So we'll get to that at a later date. I just thought I'd drop that for you so you know. So where we were at is all these fake Republicans, right, that we're going to keep our eyes out on, right? I urge all of you to reach out to your Republican senators and say, don't you dare email, tweet, Facebook. I dare you to do it because if you do it, I'm going to march down there and get rid of you. That is exactly what they need to hear because they speak for us. And if they just go off on their own because they know better or the fourth branch that's unelected tells them it's better, (laughs) they have to answer to us. And you know what? Our president has empowered us to do so. Speaking of looking at the other side, And censorship, because this is how they work. They censor you so nobody can hear you. So there's an echo chamber of what they say. Anyone outside of their narrative, anyone that speaks against what they say is labeled a nobody, blocked, deleted off every single platform, coined a conspiracy theorist, and they ridicule you because that is the last defense of someone who has nothing to say. They will ridicule you. They will lie about you. They will slander you. They will shoot every single arrow. And we've seen it happen to our president. This is reality. And it's constantly going. But yesterday at CPAC, you all know, I strongly stand by people that are being silenced. So Jacob Wall and Laura Loomer had a press conference where they put out information about Ilhan Omar. They had over 200,000 signatures collected. That's more people signing 
to get her expelled than voted for her in her own district. I mean, and you know, that's questionable too because election fraud and all, right? So here we have Laura. She actually had the opportunity to talk to Donald Trump Jr. Um, and he even said, you know, it's unfortunate that smaller people, you know, people with smaller accounts or they're not very visible, they're just voicing their opinion, don't have ac- that don't have access to me, get deleted off of social media and can't do anything. And she said, we have to stop the bias. He goes, it's time to do something, which is incredible. That means this is on the table now. The tables are turning on the censorship. And it's going to be amazing. Because the minute we start treating social media platforms as public communication forums, they cannot silence people. I mean, a lot of people say we can use alternate communications. I like Gap. It's dirty. It's messy. I see a lot of things. I use it. And mostly, I lurk around, right? Kind of like I do other boards. I lurk. On Reddit, sometimes I'll set a fire just to annoy, you know, really, um, you know, weird comments. Like, you know, I have to play a clip for you guys. Um, speaking of weird comments. There is a clip that made my day listening to it. There was a woman who called the police on a guy and this is, you can't even make this up because his dog was humping her dog. This is society today. And I, I think I need to play this because it's, it's pretty incredible. Let me get this up and do this for you guys. Hold on. Just to give you some giggles here, because this is I told fun. You I'm not leaving. Okay, she called the police because her dog was, you know, being ridden by another dog at a dog park. Here we go. No, why are you calling the cops right now? Because I told you I wasn't leaving the park because my dog was humping your dog. I'm not verbally assaulting you. I told you I'm not leaving. The Attleboro Dog Park. That's inappropriate for the dog park. No, it's not. I know it's The dog's humping each other and she's calling the okay. cops yeah. because my dog humped her dog. Every do- I've seen every single dog hump another dog here. And she tells him to leave and now she's calling the cops. Like, are you serious? Yo, I can't wait. Yo, this is crazy. Cause this, you heard of Barbecue Becky? Because this is the newest one right here. Let me get her plate. Let's see. So everybody know who this woman is. We can look this woman up. No, you can Three Z N nine nine six. Honestly. Honestly. I'm just trying You're not trying to help me. No, you're not trying to help me. I know the rules. You're not the dogs. I'm obeying the rules. What are you talking about? I'm right here. Okay, guys, that was a real thing, okay? And it was at a dog, <laughs> it was at a dog park. And in that video, it's on Facebook. Let me just take a look and see um, if I could give you the account so you could see it yourself. Um, let me pull it up. It's, it's, it's hilarious. Like, where are we, guys? What kind of world do we live in where people are talking about it? It's um, 
The person's name is Chaney, C-H-A-N-E-Y. He posted this um, the day before yesterday on his um, profile. This is, this is a result of socialism. People are crazy. Like you're at a dog park, so it's a sealed place where you let your dog off your leash, off the leash, and they play. I have big dogs. I have a Great Dane and a Great Pyrenees. They love going to dog parks. They do. I mean, I remember in Oregon, I would take them to every dog park. They're social, but yeah, they would like jump on each other or be jumped on because that's how they play. But now we have people calling the cops to say that their dogs are violated. Like you can't make this up. This is pure insanity that we're seeing. And this is the result of society where we're at. And in the second half, Myself and Sarah Reynolds will have a conversation on, you know, the transgender movement and how it's entering into sports. You know, personally, I'm just going to say this and we'll get into more detail in the next hour, but I'd prefer that it's a unisex thing. Let's forget it. You know, you could be trans, you could be a guy, you could be a girl, you can identify as anything you want. Forget it. Throw the gender stuff out the window. So that way, the feminists can be upset again because in the end, you know, if you're putting men to run against women, women are going to lose because physically we don't have the same structures as men. Our muscles are not structured like men. I mean, we could steroid all we want. We could bulk up and look as buff as we want, but nine times out of 10, the man's going to beat you swimming, running, javelin throw, you know, the disc throw, let's just throw it all out the window and say, just People are competing, right? So who cares? This isn't fair. Could you imagine if, you know, today Scottie Pippen decides that he's a woman and then he wants to join the WNBA? Seriously. But anyway, society has gone nuts. They're censoring people left and right that they don't agree with. You have to be on board with this insane agenda, these insane views, or else you're going to be silenced because we don't want this hate is the response that we get. And I'm glad that Don Jr. stated that he is going to come forward. And you know, Laura Loomer was ousted because she was talking about anti-Semitic, anti-Christian, being Hamas, supporting this. And you know, uh, Ronna McDaniel today tweeted out a video that I want to play for you guys where Ilhan Omar used the race card saying that she could talk about it because she's a victim as a Muslim uh, by the Jews. Take a listen to what she said. And she even took Rashida. She's like, we could talk about it because we're on the receiving end because of these Jews. Um, you know, no one's talking about Palestine. But here's the clip. Let me play this for you guys. Hold on. Is that because Rashida and I are Muslim, that a lot of our Jewish colleagues, a lot of our constituents, a lot of our allies go to thinking that everything we say about Israel to, to be an anti-Semitic because we are Muslim. And so to me, it is, it, it's, it's something that becomes designed to end the debate. Because you get in this space of, yes, right? Like, I know what intolerance looks like, and I'm sensitive when someone says the words you use, Ilhan, are resemblance of intolerance. And I am cautious of that, and I feel pained by that. But it, but it, it almost as if every single time we say something, regardless of what it is we say, 
that is supposed to be about foreign policy, our engagement, our advocacy about ending oppression, or the freeing of every human life and, and wanting dignity, we get to be labeled in something and that ends the discussion because we end up defending that and nobody ever gets to have the broader debate of what is happening with Palestine. Did you guys hear that? She said that because she's Muslim, you know, um, her Jewish colleagues are the problem because they only call them out because they're Muslim. Has nothing to do with the fact that she is aligned with terror cells, right? Nothing to do with the fact that CARE is a designated terrorist organization by Arab nations themselves. Nothing to do with the fact that she tweets out things like Alu Akbar, right? God is great when the Benghazi incident happened. Guys, seriously, this is insane. This woman is corrupt. She's lied a million times. She has, you know, even her stories don't stick. She hasn't even stated who her siblings are. The going theory is that she married her brother, which may be the case, but my case, and I'm saying it, and I've sent it to authorities, her marriage is a sham, and her connections with al-shabaab are huge so the bottom line here is she is corrupt she is anti-semitic anti-american anti-christian and she's sitting there preaching for dignity of humans how do you preach for dignity of humans when um you know you don't seem to understand uh what your religion stands for which is no gays right multiple wives come on we could just keep going because she does abide by her religion very very strongly because she did not even park her religious headgear at the door when entering the house of congress right you take your god with you when you make decisions so it means that your god is your ultimate deciding factor we have to call it out like it is and that's a fact ilhan omar needs to be expelled from Congress. Rashida should have never been elected because she wasn't even on, you know, you know, being running in a, in a, in a district that she lived in. That was fraud in itself. Rashida, we haven't forgotten about you. We're just really busy with Omar right now. These are things that need to be talked about. They need to be put out there. And you know what? I am really glad that we have people that are willing to listen because they seem to misunderstand. When we say we are the news, it's because we are the news, we are the people, and we are in charge. We dictate policy. We dictate the economy, and we will not stand for any more steamrolling it's our country first. And that's the way it should be and always should have been, guys, always. So on another note, right, we've seen that the Justice Department has now slowly going after anti-Semitic threats. So it was published um, today by the Justice Department that um, – a Wisconsin man was sentenced for threatening a Jewish community center. It makes you 
wonder just what they're working on because just like our president, our agencies tell us what they're looking at and what they're doing. And so you need to understand that everything they put out there is for a reason. I mean, okay, so a guy in Wisconsin was sentenced for this. Why are you telling us this? What's so important about this guy and not another guy that was sentenced for a hate crime? What happened to, you know, that student at Berkeley that was attacked? We're not hearing anything on that yet, huh? We did hear about that person that was assaulted with the Make America Great Again hat by an illegal immigrant who's getting deported. That was funny. Uh, You know, she took that risk and that's her payment. She lost her uh, ability to stay there. If we look at the things that our Justice Department tweets out, and you know what's funny? I'll tell you what. When they make announcements, they usually have some form of short-form indictment or something on their press, right? But I have not found anything yet in regards to this Wisconsin man. So I'm just going to leave it there with that one because that's interesting, right? You make an announcement like that, but you don't have a lot of, you don't have any information on your side about it. So let's just say that's interesting. Now, we're waiting for this Mueller report, speaking of the Justice Department. We've got Barr, who I can't stand, because we all know his history. I've been very detailed about it. But every clown has a purpose, just like Gina Haspel, just like Comey did, just like McCabe did, just like Rod Rosenstein, and many, many more. You know, if William Barr ends the... Mueller investigation, they can't come at him as being a a Trump loyalist or someone that had spoken to Trump in the past and their friends, this guy's wife, goes to Bible study with Mueller's. They've got a long history together. They've been working together for over two decades. So he's shutting it down, which means no bias, right? I just can't wait till he gets it done and then we get rid of him. That's what I'm hoping for. Or he stays there and Whitaker keeps him in check. Whatever. Whatever may come first, right? That's the way it goes. Whatever may come first. So with this Mueller report, you know, in the horizon coming, and with all these speculations hovering, about what Huber may or may not have that must come after the OIG findings from Horowitz. You have to sit and think, why are the Democrats putting out so many crazy candidates? I mean, we just had another announcement. Uh, Jay Inslee, who's like the governor of Washington, announced that he's running for 2020. Okay, first of all, nobody knows him, okay? You know, does his mother know him? Like, nobody knows him. So we have all these people, and like I've said, it's because they're not getting enough money. They are going nationwide with people in their vicinity. So like the governor of Washington can take, you know, money from Oregon or Idaho, wherever, you know, regionally. We've got Kamala Harris tapping into, you know, California. We've got Cory Booker 
you know, on the East Coast, trying to tap into New Jersey, New York, right? We got Bernie Sanders everywhere, you know, because we have commies and socialists everywhere. Um, we have, and he's running independent. So is he really taking the money through the DNC? That's a question. I'm still trying to figure that out and get the bona fide answer for it. So we've got Joe Biden may or may, I don't know if it was really confirmed. I mean, who would get this child hair sniffing, feely, touchy guy, you know, out there we've got, you know, Beto, like, ugh, like what are we doing? Guess what we're doing? We're filling up the DNC's account cause they're broke. They are so dead broke that they will put anyone. Elizabeth Warren, to, sh- to say or excuse why she doesn't get money, she's saying, well, I'm not getting money from big donors, just people. And it's like, no, nobody's giving you money. That's why you're not raising any. This is why we're going to see a few more candidates pop up. And in the second half, um, you know, I'll sit down and talk with Sarah about the real candidate that's going to be up and coming. And we know what his name is. We've said it many times. Andrew Yang. Guys, you have to take a step back and look at it. I mean, the Democratic Party has no identity, has no idea which way to go forward. They're siding with things like infanticide and throwing, you know, biological foundations in regards to competitive sports out the window. Uh, you know, they're censoring people left and right. They're doing it and they're not even hiding it. Like they, they can't even hide anymore. What they did on Facebook, you know, suppressing conservative accounts. I mean, what they did to Mike Cernovich is fraud. Why would you sell someone ads? Why would you take their money when you're taking their money and actively suppressing them? So they're outright committing crimes while suppressing people, right? This is how dumb they are. And the mainstream media is covering it up. You know, I saw Millie Weaver go to a speech with Brian Stetler yesterday. Mark Dice tweeted it out. If you're not following him, you should. He's like totally fun. Um, so she asked him, you know, why did you block Mark Dice? Yeah, Brian, you blocked me too. You didn't like my truffle shuffle gif. The thing is, he's like, oh, I just block people who want to be famous because of, you know, a cheap shot they take at me. And it's like, uh, Mark Dice has his own base. He's a verified account and everybody watches him breaking down the crazy, insane liberal narratives. What are you talking about? Yeah, you know, so, and then she asked him the question, how did CNN know to be there at 5 a.m.? And here's where it gets curious. They're like, well, you know, we have reporters that are stalking Mueller's offices and we saw commotion going on. And so we knew that Roger Stone was going to get arrested at some point. When we saw commotion, uh, he was there. And she was like, well, how, how did you know what time to be there? Like, you were there at 5 a.m., you know, camping out. Like, how did you know? Oh, you know, we just saw what he did at the Mueller offices and we just activated. And it's like, how did you know it was at that time? Still didn't answer the, you should watch that video. Mark Dice tweeted out saying Millie Weaver kind of, um, you know, confronted Brian Stetler. Why did you block me? And it's there. This tells you all you need to know. The mainstream media is in the pocket of the fourth branch of the government. It's still there. It's still there because even though we've cleaned it up, even though we've chopped off the top parts, right? We still have people that are able to get in and penetrate what? Our houses, our ears, right? We still have people that can get in there. How? By, by working together. They're all colluding against us. They are the enemy of the people. I mean, we had press in North Korea. 
trying to push the Cohen narrative. Like, why, Acosta, would you fly halfway around the world to, to, to be in the middle of history in the making and sit there and want to ask the presidents about lies Cohen's talking about rather than ask, how are the discussions going? How's Russia feeling about this? How's China feeling about this? Are you confident? What's the next step for your country, Kim? Are you guys excited about getting the internet? You know, cause they don't have the internet. You know, those are questions reporters when they're following the president on such historic matters should be asking, not crying and whining Oh, he's avoiding us because he doesn't want to answer questions about Cohen. We all know the Cohen thing was set up just to cast a shadow on what he was doing. And I don't know how CNN, MSNBC, Fox, all of them think that they can drive our foreign policy. They can't. The only person that depicts our foreign policy is us. And if we want America first... We get America first. And our president has made this clear from his campaign trail up until today. My domestic and foreign policies are one thing. America first. If it's not in the interest of my country, I don't care. I'm not signing it. I'm not doing it. It needs to benefit us. Even what's going on in Venezuela, Bolton came out and was clear. If we have Venezuela... Reclaim their own country back. Have them have their own processes, have power in their country rather than be governed to govern. It'll help us, the United States, because we can go in there. They are rich in mineral source resources, right? Minerals, gold, oil, and we can go there and work with them and, and, and exploit together and both of us make money. It's a big business deal. We want to start working with South America. This is great for everyone. They win, we win, everybody wins. If everybody's winning, everyone is happy and there is peace. If there's people that are being suppressed and other people are being happy, the suppressed get really, really nasty and they're a threat to our happiness. That's what war is about. And our president from day one has said he wants to fix it. Now, I'm going off for my break for the top of the hour. When we return, we're going to have Sarah Reynolds on with us. Remember, follow her on Twitter at Sarah underscore Reynolds. That's S-A-R-A-H underscore Reynolds, R-E-Y-N-O-L-D-S. And we'll be discussing a variety of things um, from elections to transgender issues. And hopefully you guys get to know her. I'll see you all in a bit. Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, 
foreign and domestic. Unfiltered News. Real News. Welcome, everyone. Welcome back to the Tori Says Show. This is our second hour, and as always, uh, my phone lines are open. Remember, you can call in with questions or comments for myself or my guests at 215-TOP-TALK. That's 215-867-8255. Remember, you can always follow me on Twitter and Gab at Tori underscore says. And for the latest writings, not just by me, but by other investigative journalists globally, soon to come, uh, you could go to ToriSays.com. So today, for my Friday segment, which is usually like the crystal ball segment, where I've um, done a couple of math, you know, we've talked about this, what I see coming for next week, I thought we could talk with a woman that I've been following for a very long time. I watch her YouTube videos. I follow her on Twitter. Um, and she is just amazing. I'm always jealous at the outfit she wears, too. Um, she is uh, a spunky, straightforward, adorable, and a great conservative. And she has dedicated uh, to do one periscope every day until we reelect our president in 2020. And her name is Sarah Reynolds, and you can follow her on Twitter at, at Sarah underscore Reynolds, and that's Sarah, S A R A H underscore R E Y N O L D S. And Sarah, welcome to the Tory Says Show. I'm like so excited to just sit and talk about current events with you. Um, but first, I'd like you to tell my audience where they can find you, where they can interact with you, and, you know, just a little about you so they get to know you. Sarah? Are you still on mute? Let me see. One. Great. So technical difficulties once again. So Sarah is on. I can see her. Let me take a look. Did I do something here? Because I can't hear her. Can you guys hear her? I don't hear her. Wow, technology. Sarah. So... Okay, until we figure it out, here, here's where we're going to go with this. What I wanted to just kind of introduce is she's really hard on elections for 2020. Uh, she is very focused on getting our president reelected. So I've been for a very long time talking about how Andrew Yang is a problem, is most likely to come out of the woodwork and snag um, all the insane liberals that want free health care, free education, free housing, free jobs, and universal basic income that they all feel entitled they should have. So maybe we should revisit who Andrew Yang is. Um, hold on. Sarah, can you hear me now? I 
Uh, yeah, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Oh my gosh. See, women working together can deal with technical difficulties way faster. Am I right? <laughs> you know? I'm so sorry. No, that's okay. That's I totally would... fine. It's 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 totally fine. Technical difficulties happen all the time. And um, I'm just so excited to be here. So before we get into like talking elections 2020, talking about the crazy candidates that the DNC is putting forward and what I'm calling their sly card, um, I want you to tell everyone that's listening now, you know, who you are, what you're doing, where they can find you, where they can interact with you. Okay. And Tori, thank you so much for that beautiful introduction at the beginning, because I actually remember you being on many of my periscopes and telling me in the comments that you loved my outfit. And I always thought that is so awesome because I love to follow you on Twitter. You have the best website, you have the best articles, and it's so important for us all. Every Trump supporter needs to make a friend with another Trump supporter and then find your friend who is normal, not your, not your crazy friend who, who has Trump derangement syndrome, but your normal friend and just say, you know why I love Trump? This is why. And as you know, and as you said, I'm doing a Periscope a day every single day so that I can talk about the issue of the day and explain, here's what Trump is doing. Here's how it fits into our priorities as America first people. I know a lot of people don't know this, but between six and nine million people who voted for Obama in 2012 voted for Trump in 2016. So we are talking about vast appeal. President Trump has vast appeal to many, many Americans. And I think that once the Trump derangement syndrome wears off, we're going to be able to flip so many people to our side. And if people want to follow my Periscope, basically download the Periscope app and then follow me, tap the bell for alerts. You'll get an alert on your phone. You can go to my website, messages2millennials.com. And I do want to tell you guys, my Twitter handle has two underscores. So it's Sarah underscore underscore Reynolds. Just, and it, I had to pick that one because the Sarah underscore Reynolds was taken. And you can also check out my newest website, tribalroles.com, because as many people who watch my Periscope every night know, I often talk about how President Trump is not just an alpha male, he's a super alpha male. And the difference being, the alpha male is compelled to lead the tribe, compelled to find societal success and to, to be the head of whatever group that he or she is leading. That's how alphas are. They have to be the leader. But a super alpha like Trump, a super alpha male like Trump, they care not just about their tribe, but about every other tribe on earth. Now, why? Because they know that if there is peace and prosperity in other tribes, that benefits our tribe. So when we watch President Trump, for example, negotiating with Kim Jong-un, it is the, the classic open-hearted super alpha male. President Trump wants peace through strength. He doesn't want, you know, smart power, which was just a euphemism for, for meddling in every other country's foreign affairs. He wants strength and peace and to lead by example. And I, I just love President Trump. And if you're interested, anybody out there listening, if you're interested in the tribal roles, there's alpha, beta, sigma, and omega. If you're interested in that, I also do body language and speech pattern videos through the lens of tribal roles. And I'm actually working on a video of President Trump right now, analyzing him going all the way back to 1987 when he wrote The Art of the Deal. You know, Sarah, um, my listeners have me all the time explaining to them about physiognomy. That is a science that is a taboo science because then that creates a a predisposed um, notion about a person based on their um, ratios of their facial features and coupled with micro expressions, uh, which is what body language. So 
they're totally familiar with body language reading and how they are because sometimes when I play clips, I'm like, you just need to see their body language. It'll tell you everything. So that those videos that she does are cool. And you know what? I'll be honest with you. You know, I, I was on Twitter. I, I had done a show where I was talking about the genius move he made with Lynn Patton, right, on NYCHA. You were the mm-hmm. only other person that I saw talking about it. I could not think of a better way for him to flip New York from blue to red. He basically dispatched her as a soldier. And she, you know, Lynn Patton is a great example of Sigma female who is, who can work completely autonomously. You dispatch her on a mission. She goes and accomplishes it. She comes back, reports back. And that's exactly what she's doing. She's, as you know, she's going to spend one week in four different public housing um, apartments, basically. And trying to tell President Trump, this is why we are giving them $30 million a week and they are wasting it. I mean, if you watch the video you have, and I know probably many of your listeners have, but the video is actually, it, it could make you cry if you were having a bad day. It shows elderly people on social security disability with no running water, no shower, no sink, black mold. And we're, we, the taxpayer, are subsidizing this. I mean, not even subsidizing. We're paying for all of it. And this is what happens when you have bureaucracy. It just, it, bureaucracy is like cancer. It just multiplies and multiplies and multiplies and then destroys whatever it is it's designed to, to protect. And that's what the bureaucracy in NYCHA is doing to these people in New York City, the poorest of the poor, living in a box, living in a gigantic skyscraper poverty box. $30 million a week. And where is it going? Well, you and I know where it's going. It's going to the administrators. And that is how you get that corruption. You know, in, in the art of the deal, President Trump talks about how the city was spending $7 million. They couldn't build a, an ice skating rink. Oh my and gosh, it took them, I know. You know seven, say that again? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I know. Because I benefited from that ice skating rink. I would be there all the time as a child. Well, and he got it done in four months. Mm-hmm. I mean, and... Kent knows how to, you know, he literally said, you have to just lay a foundation and put the ice over it. Like, that's all you have to do. But leave it to New York City to waste millions of dollars on, on contractor after contractor, and nobody can get it done. And, and the, that's, the, that's the problem with bureaucracy. You know, I'm, I'm not totally anti-big government like some of my libertarian friends. But when, it, when push comes to shove, it just takes a teaspoonful of corruption to screw up the entire machine it's literally you know sticking the the wrench in the wheel and everything stops and who's getting those 30 million dollars that money well it's not the maintenance workers they aren't even closing out the tickets so i i think that lynn Patton is such a beautiful amazing example of a sigma female you know dispatched as a soldier a warrior into the this essentially a war zone of poverty and pain she's going to figure out where is this 30 million dollars going how do we make it actually be spent so it benefits the people of New York? And you know what? They're going to remember. They're going to remember, I lived in this garbage box for 10 years or 20 years or my whole life, whatever it was. And it wasn't until President Trump took control and Ben Carson was the HUD secretary and Lynn Patton came out and stayed with us for a week. And she went back after a month, she went back to D.C. and they figured out how to not leave me and my family in a disgusting you know, black mold ridden, indoor plumbing free, third world country sort of apartment. 
Yeah, and they're rat-infested, cockroach-infested. And, you know, I was hearing on some of the interviews that WPIX is doing, and I always love watching them, um, you know, the little segments they do for the city. Um, because, you know, as a New Yorker, that's where I get, you know, News 1 and WPIX, which is Channel 11 in New York. And I saw people saying they never vacuumed the floor in 15 years I've been here. Now that you come, they do it. There's been dirt on that wall for as long as I can remember, and now it's gone because you're coming. So suddenly there were maintenance workers doing what they should have been doing, which is the general upkeep. Like, did you see the rats in the videos just going in and out of the, the, the building? I mean, these are people... And that are either, um, you know, they lack education, hardship, disabled, and they're 85 years old. You're 85. You're on fixed income. You, you know, how do you, yeah. how do you, you know, your, your, your little social security, the 80% of it goes to medications, the way Obamacare just screwed up everything and created Medicare to be carried by private companies, right? Because now they're all yeah. stuck in these HMOs, you know, and you know, these poor people and, and hopefully this gets more traction. I'm surprised that CNN wasn't all over it talking about it. I mean, why aren't we applauding great things? Why aren't we putting it out there? Why? Because they are still upset. They lost the elections. They still don't want president Trump because they don't want him fixing what they've been creating for decades, which is their little click and their little bureaucracy, as you say. So. Yes, their the Trump impeachment syndrome is so powerful, and and people, you you know, as a as a student yourself of of micro expressions and body language, it's it's amazing how suggestible people are. So if if you have a somebody in an authority position like CNN or MSNBC, and repeatedly every day they tell you that Trump is literally a fascist, you you're going to have that seed planted not only in your brain, but in your heart. And you're going to feel emotionally, righteously indignant that you are fighting fascism, that you're actually fighting evil. And, and it couldn't be further from the truth. President Trump has done everything he possibly could in introducing laws to help parts of our country that have just fallen by the wayside. And he cares about the people who are going to prison for, for 25 years for pot, for having pot. I mean, it's ridiculous. People go to prison for less time they abuse children than if they had, you know, um, crack instead of cocaine. And, and that's just ridiculous. President Trump has done everything he could to help people who've been victimized by who, who? Well, it's Bill Clinton's laws, you know, the prison reform. Let's lock up everybody forever and ever with the, you know, mandatory minimums. Well, you know, the the... The thing is, our president is going to those forgotten people. He's entering those forgotten um, communities. He's reaching out to them. Because like you said, you know, unfortunately, this prison fill-up was, you know, even though we have him now as attorney general, you know, he set the grounds for it to privatize the prisons and create this churn and burn that uh, while he was attorney general and put out that policy, the Clintons then took and ran with it and called everyone a super predator. I mean, how can you lock someone up for 30 years? That's a crackhead themselves that had maybe, you know, two dime bags of crack, sold one, right? So they can have money for their 
fixed tomorrow. Like, why would you put them in there for 30 years? It's not their fault. We all know that drug addiction is a mental, you know, and it's a psychological, psychiatric disorder. Dependency, drug dependency. Why are we punishing them for being sick? You know, we're seeing it now with Oxy since, you know, uh, the opioid epidemic has plagued our nation with pharmaceutical companies and the way healthcare has functioned. But, you know, why are these people still in jail? I mean, yeah, okay, they sold drugs, but they didn't sell it because they were making money and they were going out to, you know, the French Riviera or buying boats. It's because they were making money for their next fix. It's not like they were all, you know, El Chapo's, you know. So that's, that's what's incredible. It's that he's reaching out and he's bringing, you know, using faith ministries to do it too is great. Um, and, um, teaching them how to come back and get the second chance. Because even if they did their time, they came out, Sarah, and what did they do? They can't get a job. Maybe they could go to like Dunkin' Donuts or, you know, Little Caesars or something, right? But that's about it. I mean, Little Caesars also even, you know, takes on, you know, sex offenders. You know, they do that. Some businesses do, but they're lower paying jobs and they never get that ability to change their life around. They could be in prison and go to school and no one will ever give them the opportunity. Now we have a president that's saying, all right, you made a mistake. You're rectifying it. Let's give you the tools to come in and no stigma and put you out into the workforce and, you know, assimilate back into society because institutionalized people have difficulty adjusting, kind of like our soldiers coming back from war. Being institutionalized exactly. is, is insane, right? So, yeah. So with all these accomplishments that he's done, from regulations, like you said, to cut out the bureaucracy, uh, from, you know, uh, our health care, you know, that he's trying to fix, starting with pharmaceuticals, um, through our, you know, first step plans with our, uh, you know, prisoners, uh, what he's done for the VA, the way he's boost- boosted the military, the way he's reinforced our national security. You know, why are they all still so crazy? I mean, what do you see coming out of all this craziness? Because right now nothing coming out of the DNC is making any sense. Yeah, the, D- the DNC is now so far left that they have completely missed the boat. There's, they have, you know, Bernie, I was a Bernie supporter, you know, full disclosure, I was a Bernie supporter. And, and there's another person very influential on YouTube and he got kicked off of Twitter, but his name is H.A. Goodman and is a Jewish um, Bernie, or I'm sorry, Trump supporter, and he's he is part of an unfortunate trend of Jewish Trump supporters being banned off of Twitter, and you know, including Laura Loomer and um, and H. A. Goodman and others. We can talk about all those people, but H. A. was another person who, like me, liked Bernie because Bernie said, "Let's get the hell out of Afghanistan, let's bring back manufacturing jobs, let's renegotiate NAFTA," and Trump had those same goals, and and that really appealed to me because the day, the day that Bernie endorsed Hillary, I couldn't believe my ears. And what am I going to do? I mean, my, my perception of reality was, was almost, you know, in a freeze frame. I didn't know what I was going to do. And I actually saw Twitter, Trump's tweet that day, President Trump or candidate Trump tweeted that Bernie Sanders endorsing Hillary Clinton was like Occupy Wall Street endorsing Goldman Sachs. And I just laughed up and I thought, that's so funny. That literally hit the nail on the head. That's hilarious. I have to, I have to learn more about this guy. And I heard President or candidate Trump in the rallies saying, we need fair trade, not free trade, and talking about bringing back manufacturing jobs. And I thought, 
I will vote for this man on that alone. Okay. I'm originally from St. Paul, Minnesota. Now I live in Washington, DC, but I watched the Ford plant close in St. Paul, Minnesota. People were making between 25 and 30 an hour, you know, going to $12 an hour call center jobs. Totally bogus. They lost their livelihood and their very will to just even try to survive. And and the 3M sent one of their manufacturing plants from Minnesota down to Juarez. And these are very important jobs. People you make you know seventy five thousand dollars a year and and live a happy secure life with no college debt. You, you wouldn't have to go to college at all. And President Trump was speaking to those people. I saw people lose their jobs and my heart went out to them. And I'll tell you what. If, even if you think, you know, Bernie is way over in left field, and he certainly is, he's gotten even more so now that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is, is shifting the Overton window further left. Now I, I see Bernie, you know, picking up the globalist tune and starting to promote free trade instead of fair trade. And, and that's, you know what, I just, I'm so glad, I'm actually glad that Bernie endorsed Hillary and Trump beat Hillary and not Bernie, so that I could realize how amazing Trump is, how, how he cares about exactly what you said and what he has said, the forgotten man and woman. Yeah, he's, he's made that clear. And he's been saying the same thing for like 40 years. It's not like he's just coming out of nowhere and starting the spiel. You know, he's been saying the same thing. Aside from Bernie, he's not been saying the same thing. You know, at first he was all about how great the Soviet Union is and communism and structure, which is all based on what? Uh, you know, uh, closing your borders down and uh, boosting manufacturing, right? So, right. you know, and, and then he shifted it to a more liberal position and then shifted back. So his message isn't concise. President Trump's message has been concise for, for decades, so this is a man that has been concise for decades. Everyone was his friend until he decided to run. And, you know, he picked the Republican Party, not because he was ever a Republican, not because he was ever a Democrat. He's a centrist. And he picked it because it was the easiest one to beat out because he's not going to go up against Hillary because the DNC is corrupt. They would have fixed everything just like they did against Bernie. So he picked the Republican Party and knocked out so many candidates because, again, he was speaking America first about the people and keeping it on target. And the DNC is so confusing these days. And God, where did time go? Like we have like three minutes left till my break. So um, <laughs> I, I, I can't believe it. So I was, I was thinking like the message that they're sending from, you know, infanticide to transgenders in women and men's sport back and forth. I mean, that's what I want to talk about too today with you. Um, but let's just stick a little bit to the elections. Tell me what you think about Andrew Yang and like, you know, as like I what think Andrew is. Yang is 0.0% threat, not even remotely. And I also don't think he'll be the candidate. So I did watch a clip of him on YouTube because you recommended that I find out, you know, more about Andrew Yang. And he is, he, the way that he speaks, he has very low confidence. President Trump will wipe the floor with him. He does not have charisma. He does not have the charisma that Bernie has or the charisma that Beto has. I don't like you know, I'm, I'm very repelled by Beto. When I hear him speak, I'm embarrassed. I feel that cringe feeling washing over me. But when I watch Andrew Yang, it's almost like, you know, your old boss at that job from 10 years ago. He's just a cool guy who's just kind of low key. And on a stage, he would be really boring. I mean, there's, there's, 
I could Im- imagine Trump saying, you know, boring Andy or, you know, low energy Yang or whatever. He doesn't stand a chance against Trump. And in fact, he doesn't stand a chance against the other candidates. Well, Democratic uh, Party. Yeah, but see, the thing is, the thing that Yang has is the same type of persona as Ocasio. So he appeals because, you know, now that they're serving young Democrats, they're like, well, Bernie's too old, you know, and they don't trust Kamala, you know, they don't trust Cory Booker. They can't identify with them. And the thing is, sometimes we don't see it because, the, you know, what, what you said is basically what other people were saying about Trump. And the one thing Trump no, said No, nobody is, said that Trump was boring on the stage. No, no. They said he was entertaining, but he was a joker. See, this guy can be boring, but I've seen him in some VC type, you know, like Shark Tank type presentations. He's pretty vicious. He's funny if he wants to be. And he's playing it really cool right now and staying under the radar for a reason. He needs to have a whole year of people getting this universal basic income. So then video clips of these families that got this extra thousand dollars go up and everyone's like, whoa, we're going to get like free money, no strings attached. As long as you're over 18, you're getting it. And, you know, the useless Trump derangement syndrome youth and the adults that struggle with Trump, right? Because that's what they say. I struggle um, with his personality. will totally jump on board because everyone seems to just want free stuff. And that's not what America was about. America was built. You work hard, you get a lot. You work nothing, you get zilch. Um, so... We're cutting to a break. I know you have a video clip, so we'll play that right after this short break um, and talk a little bit more about these elections because I love the fact that you think he's not a threat. I think he's like the biggest one. And, um, you know, like I've said before, you're listening to the Tory Sess show, but it doesn't mean you have to listen to me. Uh, you should listen to everyone and make your own objective decisions. So me and Sarah will be here in just a bit. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr., and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our legal defense fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you, and God bless America. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855-700-2978-855-700-2978-855-700-2978. That's 855-700-2978. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. 
If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for MyPillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable my pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. MyPillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. MyPillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. MyPillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code Red State. That's one 800 961-9194 promo code red state put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow the most comfortable pillow you will ever own for the best night's sleep in the whole wide world is mypillow.com Welcome back to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori, and my guest today is Sarah Reynolds, and I had been giving her Twitter handle out wrong. It's at Sarah underscore underscore Reynolds, and uh, you can find her on Twitter and all the other websites that she cited. Um, so, Sarah, let's just, uh, you know, let's, let's play the clip that you found of him, and then let's hypothesize what if he was a DNC candidate? How do we target that? Okay, now he's, in this clip, he is talking about how he just wrote a book. So let me start it. Working like the data set. And so if you just think about it for a moment, um, being a retail worker is the most common job in America. About 9 million retail workers. The average retail worker is a 39-year-old woman with a high school education making between 11 and $12 an hour. Now, you don't think AI is going to actually walk in and like have a robot that does the cashier's job. But we know that 30% of American malls are going to close in the next four years, along with a similar number of Main Street stores. And people who are watching this, you're probably seeing stores close in your Main Streets uh, right now. Is, is that a reflection on shopping trends or is that? Okay, so he's going to go into how he believes that we should have a basic income because of those types of factors and people should receive $1,000 a month. Okay, so what I happen to agree with exactly what you said right before the break, Tori, when you said that it's it's the opposite of American values. You don't just get a handout. You do something, feel good about the, your, the contribution you've made to society as a worker, and you get the money. You feel good about that. You save some. You, you spend some. And you feel good about being a working American. I think that Americans will be repulsed by this idea of a basic income. I don't think the going to be free is going to be free is going to is going to fly as much as we think the the millennials and i happen to be a millennial i'm you know in the very first year of of millennials the the millennials that are very loud and they want free college and free health care are not they're very loud but it's a small percentage of all millennials the normal millennials grew up with you know, you work hard, you know, you'll get your social security. The normal millennials aren't necessarily averse to a social safety net, like, like social security and social security disability, but 
we do not want to hand out. And the, the major way to answer your second question, how we need to target this is we need to have very, very firm, concise conversations about free. And, you know, you and I grew up with normal parents who told us there's no free. There's, there's no such thing as free. It's, it's taxpayer subsidized. So if you, if you get it from, it's because somebody else, your neighbor paid money to the government and then the government gave it to you. And, you know, my mom always said, we don't have, we don't morally object to people getting social security disability because they obviously have some problem and can't work, but, but it should be sparingly and you should do everything you can yourself. And president Trump needs to get up on that stage. And I, I believe that the candidate is going to be Bernie. I predict it right now. He pulls the highest, but if it's, if it's Andrew Yang, we need President Trump to get up there and go, there is no free. This thousand dollars is the government taking somebody else's tax dollars and giving it to you. So this thousand dollars doesn't come out of thin air. It's coming from revenue and then it's being distributed. So really what we ought to do, this is my opinion, is we need to we need to think long and hard if we want to be a society without brick and mortar shops. You know, I go out of my way to shop in brick and mortar shops. It's bad for us. As you know, sociologically, anthropologically, the more isolated people become in a society, the more you have bizarre, disturbing crime like serial killers and other you know disturbing crimes. The, the more those Foot the fetishes, rates of those yeah. types of crime increase. Right. So we need to decide: Do you want to go into a CVS and check yourself out and have you know a security camera be the monitor, or do you want to talk to a human being and go, "Hello, how are you doing?" And do you want to be asked by a human being? Did you find everything okay? Okay, great. And have a, you know, have a nice night. Thank you very much. Goodbye. We have to decide if we want to be a social society that interacts with other human beings or if we want to be isolated and have all types of crime increase as a result. Yeah, and I, I think that that's the personability thing. And I, and I had done a segment on how um, artificial intelligence profiles and our real profiles are different, but how monopolies in large stores like Walmart or AT&T taking over Disney, taking over HBO, you know, President Trump put his foot down saying we shouldn't allow these mergers to happen. CNN took it personally, you're attacking us. But, you know, we saw that. They went to court, our president lost, and what happened from June when he lost, right, to October? No, Dish what Network, happened? Dish what Network ha- can't carry HBO anymore. Now it oh, only I did goes not through, know that yeah, Now it only goes through DirecTV because DirecTV oh. is part of AT&T. This is what happens. Like you said, they take away from competition, create monopolies, and that's the foundation of socialism, right? And, they, you know, yes. why are you going to go to the little store that sells tops or nice dresses and pay $50 for a dress when you can go to Walmart and get something similar for $5 that was made in China? You know, the, these are things correct that we need to, you know, put forward and personalize because – the more people distance themselves from human interaction, the more um, malicious uh, personas come out. And we can see this on the Internet. There's people that, you know, that go to church that are quiet and meek, you know. But when you see them yeah. on the Internet, whoa, it's like, you know, they're just like Ted Bundy. 
they just go all out. You know, people think that they're anonymous. So that just shows the true face. Um, there was a show that I like to watch because uh, everybody that listens knows that I'm a huge show buff. And there's like this sh- new show that had come out this year called Legacies. It's like about vampires and werewolves and all this stuff, right? And on the yeah. last week episode, they had like this um, – worm thing that went in them this magical worm thing that would drop all their inhibitions like their real selves like what they would do if they weren't inhibited and this is exactly what the internet and uh, not having personal contact does you act the way you wouldn't normally act in public or interact with people uh, because you have that distance so I completely agree and with Yang I think maybe we should start drumming up success stories of hard work and achievements. I mean, he's already done that with the small businesses, but I think that's how we tackle his slogan, Yang for Humanity. How he's like, we should just get everything into AI quicker and then teach people how to code, right? This is what he's doing. He's like, we'll educate you and give you jobs. And in the meantime, until you can learn to code or be a janitor for our server rooms, you can have a thousand dollars. And it's like, what about inflation? And like you said, nothing is free because I even see it Okay, on a government level, guys, this is not a joke. Conversation I had with city council members in my city. Well, we have this grant money so we could use it as we wish because we had this much money. I said, that money isn't free. That money is tax money. Just because you got a grant doesn't mean someone didn't pay for it. We have bureaucrats and people that we elect into office that have this mentality. They're not even millennials that say grants are free. And so we should use all this money. And it's like, if you're not going to apply it, why take it away from the taxpayers when it could be put somewhere else? Why are you racing to just waste it? Well, exactly, exactly. And, you know, President Trump is extremely paternal. Like he, there was an amazing article about him and how he negotiated with North Korea to get uh, Otto Warmbier, you know, his body back to his parents from North Korea, back to his parents in, in the United States. And and the, the people who observed President Trump described him as being so fatherly. Now, I believe that a person like that, you know, an alpha male and a super alpha male, as I described at the beginning of the show, I believe a person like that will look at this idea of, you know, free healthcare, free college, and he will turn around and go, you know, there's no such thing as free, but I understand that you shouldn't be saddled with $100,000, you know, at age 23, just starting out life. So I could see President Trump saying, hey, let's lower the interest rate. You know, that Congress is the ones who they're the ones who set the interest rate for student loans. I could see President Trump saying, you know, hey, how come we forgive? How come we forgive student loans for for people who work for the government, but not for people who work for the private sector? How about if we just how about if we do something in the middle, meet in the middle, do a compromise and everybody gets this much uh, this much forgiven or this this low of an interest rate. And I'm, I'm, I'm not saying he would do this. I'm saying that as a fatherly person who cares about people and he cares about all Americans, regardless of your race or your religion or whether or not you even voted for him, he doesn't even care if you voted for him. He still cares about you. President Trump would, I could see him explaining, look, Bernie, there's no such thing as free. That's the taxpayer money paying for it. Okay. So call it what it is. Call it taxpayer funded healthcare, taxpayer funded college but if if we're going to do i i i could see president trump saying i see what you're saying about the unfairness of starting out life with a hundred thousand dollars of debt how about if we do some meet in the middle lower interest rate or meet in the middle once you've worked consistently and contributed to society and paid taxes for 10 years then you get some sort of forgiveness 
Right. Or, you know, kick back to state funded universities, because for some reason, the the most debt we have is in these private funded uh, institutions that force social grievances down everybody's throat. You know, my daughter um, attending college um, as a freshman at the age of, you know, 16 and a half. Right. She was forced to take. Yeah, she was forced to take a class. I kid you not teaching her about being um, tolerant. It was enforced. She had to pay money or else she couldn't attend the university to learn about um, LGBT rights, uh, to be told how you can get help if you struggle with ADD, um, how it's a disability and not shameful. Uh, Like really insane things. She was like, they had us do stupid exercises with Hershey Kisses. And I was like, they're forcing our kids to take these classes in order to attend. That's like a freshman mandate. She was like, I can't take this class because I have to do this two credit class that, that we paid for, by the way. Oh, oh. You know, why am I going to pay someone a thousand dollars to indoctrinate my kid? This is real stuff. This happened at Minot state university. And I had her go, I told her undergraduate, nobody cares where you go. Right. It's all about grad school. And you know, she's in the U S army. Now she swore in in October Um, and she's leaving for training in the summer. So she finishes up the semester and I can tell you, yeah, I can tell you what she was upset and they're pushing it. So I think if our president focuses on, all right, we're spending money at these universities, at least we can spend it on lowering what they're charging students or subsidizing it so much like public schools, like depending on your income, how much you're going to pay, because if it's state funded and we're using taxpayer money to fund it then why not help the taxpayers that are attending these schools which will help us you know in the future and it'll give more um access to higher education and then students that finish state or you know state universities can then go to private ones that will snag them up when they're great or you know then they can pay you know whatever uh because i think those private institutions are going to be losing a lot of merit i mean they have already haven't they like when when i hear someone went to harvard i'm like okay it doesn't phase me anymore i don't care that just means you're completely insanely liberal um no not liberal leftist because we keep confusing it, right liberalism is not insane uh libertarianism is not the same as being a leftist um Speaking of leftist, what do you think about this new transsexual thing, honestly? Well, okay, well, there's a difference between transsexual and transgender. I mean, transgender people think they were born in the wrong body. Okay, and the transsexuals is the accomplishment of um, getting into that phase, right? You know, I did, that's a good way of putting it. That's perfect, yeah. Yeah. So if you've actually made the transition, then we would call that a transsexual. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, that's right. Right. Because if you uh, you're transgendered, it means I had to change my gender. But transsexual is I've changed my sex. Like they've done the whole change thing. You know, they didn't just okay. do the top. You know, they did the bottom two kind of thing. OK, that is you're absolutely right. Words matter. I'm a huge stickler for this. And everybody who watches my videos and my periscopes knows that I hate it when when words are used to, to shift your perception just ever so subtly, like saying, you know, gender is non-binary. So transgender, you're right. Transgender is the, is the trendy word for transsexual. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And, and, and they're the same. Yeah. And so what qualifies as transsexual? Someone that's a man that just 
did a boob job or that also did the lower half on the South? You know, these are questions that we should be asking now that they're pushing trans and let's just keep it at trans individuals to enter into sports and identify. So like I said earlier in my show, I had said, you know, Scotty Pippen may wake up my one day and say, I identify as a woman. He grows his hair out, slaps some boobs on, and then he goes to the WNBA. Is it fair? No, it's not fair. And, and first let me say, you know, I'm, I have a pretty liberal view on transgender people. If you want to make the transition, if, you know, if you're unhappy that you were born in the wrong body, first of all, my heart goes out to you because I can't imagine that. I can't imagine the pain of looking in the right. mirror and feeling like I should have been born a boy because I love being a woman. So it, it, it's so devastating to me. At that being said, I am also, I also believe in freedom because we live in the most wonderful country on the planet and we uphold freedom as such a, as such a basic right. But if you want to change your gender, that makes me want to cry. But if you actually want to do it and you want to chop off that part of your body, that's horrible. And I want to go cry for you. But if you want to do it, I'm not going to stop you because I believe you, you know, live however you want. It doesn't interfere with my life. But what I, what I am concerned most about is that we are not asking ourselves why is this happening you know people always joke about alex jones saying the water is turning the frogs gay but the but the actual truth is that chemicals in the water cause the frogs to develop both male and female reproductive organs that's a fact that's a scientific fact so something in our water something in our food is causing people to have this gender dysphoria and and we've got to ask ourselves, what is it? What chemical is it? And there's a lot of, I actually did a blog post on it. I will tweet it out when we're done. But I did a blog post that included a lot of the, the research. And a lot of the research points to phthalates, which is something in our, yes. our makeup. Women wear it in their makeup and then it gets absorbed into the skin and then into their eggs. That's the theory. It's not 100% proven. Well, no, proven. One, no one's actually going to publish if it is proven because there have been a lot of things like um, uh, chemicals that are in um, uh, sunscreen that uh, increase the development of female hormones. So if you put it on boys, you know, when they're young, it causes them to um, have an increase in hormones they're not supposed to have, like estrogen. So Yes, um, and it's devastating. We've got to, we really need to ask ourselves what's causing it. But since it has, since, you know, we also got to deal with it. And and recently the Olympics has said that they're going to allow people who were born male to compete as females in these in you know against people who are born female and that is not right to me if if you want to have born males competing against born males and born females competing against born females and then let the trans people compete against themselves i would be perfectly fine with that but that to me that is it's almost like the, the creeping patriarchy that, that the leftist people freak out about and cry about and scream about the, the patriarchy, you're a white male. I, I got to ask myself, why don't those people go, hey, you're, you, you're a man infiltrating women's sports. You're a man oppressing women by pretending to be a woman and then, and then competing against her when you obviously have a physical genetic advantage as a person who was born male. Why aren't they protesting that? Because if you were a real feminist, in my mind, you would want equality. You would not want men infiltrating your sports and pretending to be women. Well, you know, there was a lot of controversy back in the day with a diver called Greg Luganis. Did you ever hear about that, about how they said it wasn't fair that he competed in the Olympics because he had a DNA advantage? 
So there no, was, I did yeah, not hear that. Yeah, so he he went through getting his DNA checked to find out because he was adopted to find out where he came from and everything. And in that, they noticed that he had exceptional genetic markers um, as an athlete, which gave him a competitive advantage. And people were like, "Oh, that's why he kept winning gold medals because he was genetically pure." So so it was okay for us to use DNA discrimination. And I was on WF. YL um, on the Scott Adams show earlier, and he said Secretariat, you know, the horse that ran, they said that that wasn't fair either because that horse was genetically more advanced than the other horses because its heart was huge and it could run faster because it could pump blood faster. So it's like, so we were okay on, you know, male-on-male sports saying, oh, you shouldn't play. It's not fair. So all the gold medals you got are null and void because you were genetically better. But now it's going to be okay when we have dudes walking in and playing basketball for the WNBA. I'm just saying. Uh, Imagine the disc throwing, right? You know, you can have a Hilda because it's usually the German women named Hilda that throw them the farthest, right? Okay. <laughs> and, and, you know, super stereotype, whatever. But, you know, they throw it the farthest because they're beef, they're buff, you know, they're strong like an ox. But imagine if you bring a dude like, you know, The Rock and he identifies as a woman and he competes right. with her. He's going to send it 20 times farther because he's genetically made up to do so. Now, as far as people that are transgendered, I feel horrible. I have a lot of friends that have made the transition, tons of them. Support them 100% because if it makes them psychologically better, I'm totally game. But I'm also of the fact I really don't care who you sleep with. That shouldn't factor on how you work or how you are, my friend, etc. And I can actually, I can't even imagine what they go through. Like me, when I look at myself in the mirror having put on weight, I still feel like Iman, you know? Like I'm a supermodel, yet I'm five foot nothing in a 14, 16. You know what I mean? And so, but I feel like that. And I feel like I'm this hot supermodel trapped in a tiny round body. Uh, So I can't even imagine looking at myself in the mirror and thinking, I, I, this isn't right. This isn't me. So I, I I completely, you're killing me. That's hilarious. No, but that's, that's exactly, you know, it's not the same. It's on a bigger scale, but that's how I can relate to it. And, you know, but for them to then say, well, I'm going to compete because I feel so much of, no, you know, I'm sorry. That doesn't, that doesn't work. Your swinging golf is going to be farther. You're taller than me. Your muscle makeup is different. Your genetic makeup is different, period. So it was okay to discriminate people in the same gender because of their DNA. But now we're just throwing it all out the window. I say, let's do all unisex sports and then have the feminists start screaming. That's not fair. Men are the only one winning. Well, you wanted it. That's- well, and we have to we have to delineate something really clearly here, because if, if you're a male and you're saying, well, no, I, I identify as female. If you're going to if you're going to get your driver's license changed from an M to an F that your your sex is female, then then you need to no longer have a penis. And I don't want to be mean because that makes again, I, I'm totally horrified at even the thought of having a man hurt his penis that way. But if if you have a penis, you're not an F on the driver's license. OK, your, your gender is not F. It's M until there is no penis. And, and still you have all the genetic advantages of running faster. And like you said, throwing a disc further. I mean, we have to, we have to get really real about this. And I also want to point something else out because as you said, you you know, you have trans friends. Well, I had a trans friend who transitioned from female to male who, who ended our friendship, our nine year friendship, because I was supporting Trump, you know, calling me, called me a bigot, you know, that I have, I must have all these 
racist views. And I was like, what? I mean, I, and it was, of course, about, you know, build the wall. And, and I was saying, look, we have to acknowledge that if you that we have existing laws and people shouldn't just be able to Ill- illegally come into our country. How how is that racist? So, of course, that was a you know, that was a sticking point and our friendship ended. But I also am fine if you want to transition. I, I totally understand that. But we still have to have a we have to have a threshold that has to be met. If you still have a penis, you are male. So don't look at me and tell me that you're you feel like a woman, so you are. If you've been on estrogen for you know a year, we've got to pick a time. We got to say six months, a year before you're, we're going to change that driver's license from you know M to F. Right. No, I completely agree. Can you believe that our time is like down to like two minutes? Can you believe this, Sarah? I can't. Well, can I say one thing yes, then? Since yes, we only have a minute you, left. You go. Take it. Take it home. Okay. So when we were talking about AI, this is. This is a, a trope we're all being lied to, that everything is ready to be, um, everything is ready to be automated, that, that the jobs are going to disappear. And I'll tell you why. This was a conspiracy, except it was done right out in the open. All of, the, all of our garments, and we buy more clothing than any p- people in the world here in the United States, all of our garments that used to be in, made in America are now made in countries like India, Vietnam, China, Bangladesh. And the workers are making slave wages, barely enough to even survive. They're locked into the factory doors. They have fires and they can't escape the factory because they're locked in so that they can't leave. They, it's often children sewing because the little tiny fingers are able to sew better than big fingers. There is no robot that is going to be able to sew clothing. I'm just telling you right now, if they had that capability, they would already have done it. And it's so expensive to maintain robots. I just want you to know that that technology is far in the future. Now, it was taken out of the public schools about 20 years ago. Nobody knows how to sew in my generation. Almost no one, unless your mom taught you. It's, it's a completely lost art, and it was done deliberately so that even if we did bring back our garment factories to the United States, nobody would know how to sew. So I just want to tell you right now, if we brought back our garment industry, we would have millions of American jobs brought back, living wage, union wage jobs. And yes, you wouldn't be able to buy a $5 t-shirt from Walmart, but, but we would have better prosperity than ever before. I completely agree. You know, I have one pair of shoes that I bought in Barcelona in 1998, I think. And they were made by a shoemaker, handmade. He'd burn the, the leather and everything. They're just like small. Can- they're still here. They look flawless like they're brand new. Um, these are skills that we're missing. There's not even a place you could take to repair your heels, isn't there, anymore? Like, you can't even find those things. I totally agree. Sarah, I, I mean, you should uh, – definitely, I'm, I've already gotten DMs and texts from my fans. They love you. Um, tell them where they can follow you before we close out. From all of us here at Red State, on that note, we wish you a great weekend, and I'll see you back Monday through Friday, 12 to 2 noon Eastern time. Go ahead, Sarah, tell where they can find you find me on twitter sarah underscore underscore reynolds tribalroles.com messages to millennials.com and on youtube youtube.com forward slash snow angel 448 all right thank you for being here sarah i appreciate you everyone god bless pray for our country pray for our president have a great weekend thank you